0: Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Hunter Irby. Hunter, are you ready to do this?
1: I am so ready, George.
0: Excellent. Let's do this. Hunter is a principal right. and chief investment officer of Tone Capital, an independent fee-only registered investment advisor. I'm excited to have you on, Hunter. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Certainly, uh, George. First, I wanted to thank you for uh, the invitation to join you on Mom and Savage. We're big fans of uh, what you're doing at Tone Capital, so this is an honor. Well, thanks. Uh, I guess first, first on a personal level, you know, I'm a father and husband of three beautiful girls and a beautiful wife, so that basically nice. means I'm working, which good thing. I enjoy the work of paying for weddings, and you know, anyway, but we're <laughs> we're early in that process. And my daughters are two, five, and seven, um, and then there's Banjo, who is the English bulldog. That my wife surprised us with last christmas and he is indeed a work in progress <laughs> the puppy class but don't let that um interfere with any of the kind of thoughts that i might have later um and just finally i'm really really um into music and musical instruments uh my wife surprised me a couple years ago with a pedal steel guitar for my birthday and that has really become a passion of mine it's an incredibly complex and beautiful instrument And it's a bit of a dying art, so we'll hope that the, uh, you know, the millennial hipsters can bring that back, although they're killing everything else. They seem to be the only people that like the pedal steel guitar. But uh, net-net, this adds up to a very, very loud house for us. (laughs) But that's okay. It's all fun. We're in the zone. Um, Professionally, as you said, uh, I am up here at Tone Capital. Before that, I ran an equity trading desk for a regional bank. And I was fortunate enough to cover uh, really some of the smartest guys out there on Wall Street, um, really enjoyed that business. Um, when I saw it change and begin to change, I said, let's figure out what is going to be the next kind of chapter for us. And that's when I began making plans for Ten capital. Going from institutional to an RIA kind of uh, setup was a pretty big eye opening experience. Um, For me, I mean, I'd never had an advisor. I'd already always managed my own account. So that world was was pretty foreign. And I, I really quickly realized that my experience and our experience at Tone Capital from the institutional world is vastly different, but we can be very helpful to those everyday people that are working with a financial advisor. As I said, my mind was blown. The proverbial light goes on. It's like, all right, we can leverage our experience to not only help people but also educate people education is a very very big part of what we do one of the reasons we're, we're big fans of years um, so george i just want to tell you a little bit about tone capital um, as a firm we manage rules-based portfolios based on financial science for institutional wealth management clients we're not trying to guess the market what the market will do where it's going to go but rather we base our decisions on durable themes. We test the durable themes and then those that work, we create strategies around them. There's very little discretion in our process. And the process is where I really wanna go with this. If you're interested, um, you can find the strategies on MoinStar and see more there. But if I had to point to the most important aspect of our business, it's the process. You know, growing up on a trading desk, I saw firsthand what happens when people panic and get off track and, you know, make really bad decisions in the heat of the moment. And these results can really be devastating. At Tone Capital, our goal is to remove all the emotion from the process and trust the process to work. And I think that's where we need to get. And this is my kind of bigger point to all the great listeners out there is how important the process has been in my life, on its own capital and outside. And I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you really can, you can use a process in many different aspects of your life and get great results. It's basically having a guideline and don't get off track. You know, whether you're learning something new or you're trying to up your game, a process is crucial to success. Most people end up focusing on the goal, and I get that. You know, we talk about goals, bigs, everything, and you know, we want to get from A to Z and skip everything in between. Um, but I found, in, in in my experience, the really successful people out there are the ones that have a process, and they focus on the process and the individual pieces of the process and they trust that process to work, and they put that process into play, and ultimately, it's going to help you get to where you want to be a lot faster. Um, You know, efficiency, um, streamlining everything in terms of business, I mean, certainly uh, more cost efficiency and more uh, probably visibility into revenues. But having a, a process and being able to repeat it and having a process that other people can repeat especially in our business, um, is extremely
0: important. Amen, brother. I, I I agree with all that. If you could, just uh, for, from a definitional standpoint, I think that, that people probably conceptually understand the rules-based investing, but if you could just go a little bit deeper into that.
1: Sure, sure. I won't, uh, I'll, I'd be happy. I, I'll talk about this all day long. My partners get tired of this. No, but essentially, <laughs> you know, some capital... Um, we look at the world uh, as there's a lot of information out there. There's so much information out there that you can become overwhelmed with that information. So, like I said, on the trading desk and in my own personal account, my own trading account, you know, you hear a hot tip and oh, that's great and you buy a small cap stock and it goes at 20% and it goes down 40% the next day and you're down 20%. Yeah, so having a process for us was going through and saying, let's establish some rules. Let's say, for instance, we're going to trade at the same time every month. We're not veering from that process. We're going to build our models on these durable things without giving too much away. Um, one of the durable things that we focus on as the oldest out there is that if earnings increase, then corporate stock prices or corporate earnings increase, stock prices should increase. So we look at things like that um, and we say, all right, how do these fit in the puzzle together? And then um, the rest is spending a lot of time writing code and figuring out uh, how to kind of back test these and to see how um, they work in the real world. But once we have the rules set and once we feel comfortable with them, it's going to take a lot. To veer off this. We, we've not veered yet. Um, we're not going to veer um, unless it's going to be some kind of catastrophic event that maybe a client forces us to veer. But, uh, you know, I, I'll tell you one example, our sector rotation, we've pretty much remained steady throughout this volatility. I mean, this has been the, the most volatile year, I think they said, ever. We've had 13, 20 plus percent moves in the VIX. I mean, my stomach is churning just thinking about that. Right. Um, but sticking with the process, and especially in a situation like that, you're gonna be so much better than reacting emotionally. That is really the worst thing you do. I mean, you know, you, you go back to 08, and I lived through that, I lived through the Asian stuff, and you know, the tech, and the people that panicked in 08, and, and sadly enough, who didn't get good advice from either a strong financial advisor or, or wherever, the people that sold, they're never getting that money back, um, you know. And and I think one of the other things towards to, to remember about the process is I have no doubt that the, with the way that finance works, our process might fall out of favor. I mean, there's certainly times like take the tech bubble, for instance. Nobody cared about earnings. I mean, they were just bidding stocks up because they put out a website or, you know, whatever. So we're, we're all going to always going to have those uh there's times where we kind of deviate from the process. But I think over the long haul, look forward, forget that, the variations, and focus on the process. And over the long run, you're going to win. You, you, you just are. I mean, it's, it is – if you look at – I think if you look at most of the successful investors, I mean, I even know a, a very, very successful investor who I, I won't name the name, but he had a process he just didn't know it and he did the same thing every time and one of uh, the guys that came on to work for him and this is a big fun said what's your process and i was like i don't know I was like well you have one you know so I, I think identifying a process i think many of us have processes that we have built in but looking at those and studying those and being deliberate i think being deliberate is one of the most crucial things along the steps in that process, be deliberate along each way. And um, I, I just really think that that's the way to be successful. Yeah,
0: I, I totally agree. And is I think that that was a, a great a great story about that highly successful investor who, when asked about his process, he's like, well, I really don't have one, when in fact he or, he or she absolutely did have a process, it just hadn't oh, necessarily yeah. connected those dots. And I think that there's through lines in every aspect of our lives that if you really sat back and looked at it, I bet most people have a process that they go through when they wake up in the morning and when they go to bed sure. and and how they make sure that their kids get food and and get their hair combed. The only thing I'm not Later sure get- of is if Banjo has a good process yet.
1: Yeah, yeah Banjo's process was a little <laughs> faulty, um, but that's okay. We we had the girls trying to get it to... Uh, pet Smart for training, so that didn't work. But no, I mean, even even raising kids. I mean, if you have uh, – maybe it's not necessarily a process, but you and your wife are on the same page, then it's easy for everyone. And, uh, you yeah, know, it, it's one of those things. It, it, it is funny. I, I got to tell you, I probably knew so many guys starting early on in the business from the training and covering hedge funds in New York and Connecticut and, and big funds. So many guys that probably did not realize that they had a process, but were extremely, extremely successful investors. Um, but th- I think that's probably rare. I think that's very rare when you look at it. I think most of the guys that, you know, we know all the nasty stats about beating the S and P. Most of the guys that are able to do that probably have a very, very refined process.
0: Yeah, I think that that's definitely true, and frankly, I oftentimes find that people that reject the idea of having a process are not interested in getting up and doing the work that it takes to keep the process moving on a daily basis. So, but who knows? Um, that's I, right. Commitment's a big part. Right? Yeah, it, it it definitely requires it. Um, but to your point, it. it there's so much value to it. It removes the emotion from investing, or at least it certainly attempts to. And emotion is oftentimes where the biggest mistakes are made. So I think that's extremely valuable.
1: I can tell you in my own personal life before our, own, our rules-based trading, I made those mistakes. And, and being on a trading desk, you know, watching some, literally some of the smartest guys out there just make horrible decisions just based on, you know, an earnings mess. Okay, stocks on five percent. Everybody runs out of the hedge fund hotels, they run out of it, and then the next thing you know, it's next day it's up two percent. You know, it's just it's good things. So you have to have a long view. And I know it's tough in this time of market where we're focused on quarterly earnings and day to day economic numbers, but you know, I kinda I, I kinda do agree with uh, Warren Buffett and Jamie Diamond on the, the aspect that maybe we should pair back some of the uh, the information. I don't know, more information is probably better. I don't know where I stand on that. Um, but it does seem that like, you know, simpler simpler is, is somewhat uh, better for the long-term at least.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that the more we can simplify things, probably the better. And I'm not saying, and, and I think everybody knows that nobody's saying, let's ignore the available information, but still attempt to simplify things, so.
1: Well, and, and, and I think that's ultimately, you know, what what we found in, in our studies is really when you try to make things too complicated in the process, there's really very little value add. And you know, as simple as you can get it, strong themes, you know, stick to your guns, and, and that's the way to be successful.
0: So, I, I I definitely agree that the process is trusting the process. Not, number one, having a good process that we know is going to work and then sticking to that process is is key. Um, that being said, what what is the desired result that you're working to get out of investing? I'm sure that there's different objectives in a growth strategy versus um, maybe more conservative, but if you could talk a little bit about that.
1: Certainly. Um, I don't want to cross any compliance um, boundaries here. Right but uh you know we we essentially run four etf models that are low cost and the reason that we we came out with those is we said look being in the active world i've seen instances where say the market was up 21 percent, like it was last year and you're up four percent i don't want to say i'm sorry i don't want to be in the business of saying i'm sorry so george what we said is let's create some models low-cost ETF-based, where we have the best ability to beat, hopefully, benchmark or not embarrass ourselves. And I think the strategies themselves, if you put them together, a lot of them are non-correlated, so we've had a lot of luck there. But, uh, you know, for instance, our, our S&P, uh, our sector rotation strategy is benchmarked to the S&P. Um, I'd love for you to at Morningstar and see how we've done there. Um, we had a great year last year, and this year's been good as well. Um, but, you know, for us, and, and, and kind of a bigger picture within these portfolios, what we want our clients to really know is we, we want them to see the transparency. We, we don't want a client to get a statement from us that is 67 pages long and (laughs) you can't make heads or tails of it. I mean, that just crushes me. Uh, You know, it's just like, what are we doing here? And I mean, we we are, I'll tell you one thing at at Tone Capital, we are literally like um, statement ninjas. I mean, we have learned to rip these things (laughs) apart because you have to do math the hard way. It's not like they're going to say, oh yeah, you're getting charged 3% in bold letters. Right up front, right. Um, so transparency is a big part of uh, you know what we want. We we actually send an invoice to our clients so they know exactly what they're paying us. Um, but within that transparency, within the portfolios, so people can tell you know what's going on. And then the, the other thing, and um, this was out on LinkedIn and, and um, a while ago, and it was a debate about over diversity and. Over-diversification, rather. And we all know diversification, free launch, blah, 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 all of that. Um, But I do think that there is something to over-diversification. And we've seen so many accounts that come in, and they are in the S&P 500. And then they're in every sector ETF with that. I'm like, I don't understand that. Wouldn't you just buy the S&P? You know, and it's, it's little things like that. You know, it's a, an account that comes in and they've got three commodity funds. Okay, why? So, you know, simplicity and the process and having our clients be a part of the system. We want them to partner with us um, and, know, and know really what's going on.
0: I think that that makes sense. Well, Hunter, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them?
1: Oh, I can't wait. Do I get a drum roll? <laughs> that was excellent. I love that. <laughs> All right. So so here it is, Savage Nation. Uh, so for my difference-making tip, I'm going to pick a little bit on the old school brokers. One of, the, And I came from that world, so uh, you know, I get it. One of the guidelines as a stockbroker is – KYC what does KYC mean know your customer know your customer is what banks and brokers want to identify potential risky clients and prevent legal issues down the road so what I want us to do here today is I want to modify that for all the good people out there in status nation land and let's turn the tables I want you guys to KYA know your advisor um this is something that, like I said, has been a little bit unsettling to us making a transition from institutional to see what really goes on with, with everyday people out there. Um, ask these simple questions to your advisor. Have an honest conversation. I want you to have an honest conversation with your advisor and ask these simple questions. What are my fees? How much am I paying my advisor? How much am I paying in product costs, and can you itemize that? If they can't, keep, keep finding, keep do do more research. And if if you still get stonewall, you may want to be be a little bit concerned there. Um, you know, fees are talked about more now than ever in the history of the brokerage business. Everybody's aware we have the DOL law out there. You know. And fees are important in an economic environment where stock returns are expected to be muted and if you watch CNBC or if you listen to any of the talking heads muted returns seem to be all the talk these days so here's an oversimplified example if you were paying your advisor 2% for a 3% return the advisor gets 2% in fees and you're left with 1% advisor 2 client one he wins and you lose if your advisor has you paying 5% loads to own mutual funds my best advice to you is one that is a, you know that is a game that's still being played but there are so many great options from Vanguard all the way to dimensional funds to everything out there you should not be in a loaded fund in this day and age there is really really no reason to be in that um, you should run as fast as you can. I'll just I'll say that. I love uh, the stat that Ryan Kerlin from Alpha Architect gave uh, you guys, your listeners, a while back. He said from 2005 to 2017, investors uh, removed an aggregate of 266 billion by decreasing fund expenses. At Tone Capital, we have a, what we call cost-focused investing. We spend a lot of time removing costs and portfolios, which is pretty easy to do when someone hands you a 90-page statement. You know, the guys that are still out there selling loaded funds, non-traded REITs, that's an opportunity for us. And and George, really don't get me started on non-traded REITs on that right there, because I can't figure out why you want to buy something that doesn't trade, where there are plenty of other opportunities. and you're getting charged a 15% commission. Uh, just doesn't make sense. If you're looking for yield, there are much better options. And then the last part of it is, you know, know your advisor and use the tools that are available out there. Fender broker check is one of those great tools. And this is when the phone is going to start ringing and we're going to get a lot of hate mail to own capital. <laughs> but if you do something bad in the financial services industry, in most cases, it's going to be disclosed on your view four, which is essentially a broker's conduct record. You can look up advisors on brokercheck.finner.org and see if they have any infractions. If they do, ask them to explain the issues. But if not, you'll have to decide if you really want to work with someone that has a question background. I've seen plenty of guys with marks and on the institutional desk and in retail. And we all understand that, you know, the market can go the wrong way and we can have an unhappy customer. But there seems to be an issue, and there's great paper out there um, about the industry. And unfortunately, a lot of times when, when guys do get in trouble, they go down the totem pole because if they were XYZ, ball's bracket, they had a great book. They, they get fired from there, and then regional firms see, well, that's a great book. I want that. So they don't really disappear it's one of the really really bad things that the sec needs to get a hand on and if one of these guys does it they're five times more likely to do it again um so you really want to know what you're paying especially in this environment um there's so many options um out there and then really know who you're working with i mean i think the thing to keep in mind out there is the world has changed and you want to make sure that your portfolio and your advisor are up to date. Um, to sum up, know your advisor. You can't control the market, but you can control fees and the people you work with. If you find yourself in a bad situation, shop around. There are a lot of options. And uh, finally, George, I recommend looking for a fiduciary, someone that's bound by law to put your interest first. And that's all I have for you.
0: Oh, man, that is great stuff. That's definitely going to get a come on. Come on. Hunter. Oh, come on. Come on. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you?
1: You can find me at www.tonecapital.com, and you can find me on LinkedIn. Hunter Irby on LinkedIn. Perfect. Perfect.
0: Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Hunter your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. You can find him on LinkedIn and also go to tonecapital.com. Check out everything we've been talking about. Thank you again, Hunter.
1: George, it's been a pleasure.
0: And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review.